Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. You feed the hungry and clothe the naked. You set free those who are bound. You raise up those whose courage falters. You provide for our every need. You have called us from all peoples. You bless your people with peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it is your glory always to have mercy. Bring back all who have erred and strayed from your ways. Lead them again to embrace in faith the truth of your word and to hold it fast. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who gave himself for us. Amen. You may be seated as we continue with the readings. morning. The first reading is from Genesis 
chapter 28, verses 10 through 22. Jacob left Bathsheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. <clears throat> your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. The second reading is from Romans 5th chapter, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God throughout through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. You see, at the right, just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Here in three. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter, beginning at the 31st verse. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. 
But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. The word of the Lord, the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. <clears throat> Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Believe it or not, over my lifetime, I've had the opportunity to meet, well, a few famous people, actually. I've had the opportunity to meet a couple actors. I've had the opportunity to meet a couple politicians. I've even had the opportunity to meet, and yes, I know everybody is going to groan when you hear this, in my humble opinion, the greatest Dodgers manager of all, Tommy Lasorda. May he rest in peace. As a matter of fact, I was privileged to shake his hand back in 2016, right before a Dodger game. I have had the opportunity to meet many, to meet many people, but odd as it sounds, I can't really say that, meeting, that, that the meetings with famous people I have had have really changed my life in any meaningful way. Yes, there are experiences that I, um, there, there are experiences that, that I can talk about, but they haven't really changed my life in any meaningful way. However, however, I happen to know that there have been people whom I have met who have changed my life in a meaningful way, sometimes for the negative, sometimes for the positive. And each one of us have encountered people or have had encounters that have changed our lives, some for the negative, some for the positive. And hopefully, the positive encounters that we have had have helped to cancel out the negative experiences we have had. I am pleased to say that certainly, I have had the privilege and the pleasure of meeting someone who has changed my life in a very positive way. And many of you, I am sure, have also had encounters and have met many others who have changed your lives in a positive way. And in today's scripture readings, we hear about encounters, encounters where people's lives have been changed in positive ways. Specifically, an encounter with God. Now, whether or not we realize it, each one of us has actually encountered God in some way or other. Perhaps we have not yet had the, pri the privilege of seeing God face to face, not yet at least, but each one of us has encountered God in a meaningful way. We also probably have not realized it until after the fact, when we have gone through whatever experience we have gone through and we have realized God was with me, 
I encountered him. I was able, he was able to meet me where I was. One such story is in, is in our first reading from the book of Genesis, which Dawn read for us just a few moments ago, where somebody, Jacob, had an encounter with God and his life was changed. The encounter that he had was where God actually came and met with him face to face. God actually came down to him on a ladder. God actually came down to where he was and encountered Jacob. When where was Jacob? Well, he was in a place of fear. He was running for his life, having cheated his brother out of his inheritance and, um, and, and, the, bless, and, and the blessing which had been due to him. So he was running for his life, scared about what was going to happen to him. And even though he, was, he knew he was destined to, to be headed for his, uncle's, for his uncle's home, he was still scared. He was still wondering, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to make it? Or am I going to be caught up by my brother and killed? Or am I going to die in this desert? But it was right in this moment of fear and of uncertainty that God met him where he was. And that is frequently where God meets us and where we encounter him right where we are, especially at times when we ourselves are scared, are doubting, are sick, are uncertain, are struggling. That is where God meets us. That is even where God wants to meet us. At those moments when we are struggling, at those moments when we are doubting, at those moments when we are hurting, that is where God wants to meet us. That is where God wants to come to us. That is where God wants us to encounter him. Just as he encountered Jacob right then and there, that is where God wants to meet us right then and there. And that is where God meets us. That is where God comes to us. Maybe once again we do not realize it at the time, but that is where God comes to us. Many of us have probably had experiences, I certainly have, of where, of where we have been going through a major struggle. In fact, I went through one right before I came here four years ago. A major struggle of wondering what's going to happen? Where, where are things going? What's going to happen to me? Is it even worth going on? Many of us have had those struggles and that is when God comes to us. That is when God comes to us and meets us at just the right time. As St. Paul tells us in Romans, at just the right time, Jesus died for us. That is also why we have the promise that God meets us right where we are, because that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus came, Jesus as God, come down to earth as one of us, as a human being just like us, experiencing everything we experience, knowing everything we go through, understanding us better than we know ourselves, 
then we understand ourselves because he is one of us. Jesus is God in person. And in Jesus, we encounter God himself. At just the right time, Jesus came to die and rise again for us. And at just the right time, Jesus continues to come to us. Whenever God comes to us as well, as he did with Jacob, he comes to us to give us a promise. Not to threaten us, not to scare us, but instead to give us a promise. To give us a promise that ultimately, as he promised Jacob, I am with you. In fact, that is the promise he gives Jacob. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. That's the same promise God gives us. In all of our moments of struggle, uncertainty, in all our moments of pain, that's the same promise God, brings, God gives us. I am with you. I'm going to bring you through this. I'm going to change things for you. I'm going to turn things around. I'm going to bring you to exactly where you need to be because I am with you. And once again, that's the same promise that was demonstrated to us in the person of Jesus. Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God who is always with us. Jesus even promises at the end of Matthew's gospel, I am with you always. Jesus promises never to leave us, never to abandon us. Jesus promises to bring us exactly to where we need to be, which is why he died for us in the first place, to remove the guilt and punishment for our sin, to bring us to exactly where we needed to be, no longer separated from God, but in a right relationship with God. This is what it means to be justified through faith that we now have a right relationship with God. We now have peace with God. Peace that comes from knowing, that comes from believing, that God is always with us. Peace that is not simply a feeling of calm or a feeling of contentment, but peace that comes from knowing and believing that God is always with us. God fulfills all his promises to us, and God never leaves us. This is the promise God gives us whenever we encounter him, whenever he encounters us, that he is always with us. But then, odd as it sounds, this promise then leads to a crisis now, the word crisis, in this case, does not mean something that causes anguish and turmoil. But a crisis is simply defined as being a turning point. And at this turning point, we have a choice. 
God is giving us the opportunity to make a choice. Do we keep going in the direction that we're going? Or do we take the opportunity he is giving us to have things turn around and change? Do we take the opportunity God is giving us to follow him, to follow him to a place of peace, to follow him to where we need to be, or do we keep going in the direction we're going? Because whenever we encounter God, there is always a choice. Things are never the same, but the choice we have is, do we keep going in the direction we're going and still have things be the same, or do we have God change things? Do we let God come and turn things around? And this is what the crisis is. The decision. The decision. Do we let God change things? Or do we, do we, do we accept what God has to offer? The peace, the change, the new direction he has to offer? Or do we keep on letting things be the same. Here Jesus gives us a clear decision and a clear choice. In Mark 8.34 he says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Taking up our crosses means letting who we used to be die. Letting, letting our old attitudes, our old thoughts, our old way of being, our old way of doing things, die. Letting who we used to be die, casting them off as old and, and, no, and clothing, as old clothing that is, no longer in, that is no longer in use. Casting off anything and everything that is keeping us from a relationship with God and from finding peace with God. Casting off everything that is keeping us going in the direction we were going before God encountered us and said, here, I am with you, and I am offering you a new direction, a new opportunity, a new opportunity for peace. Following Jesus and taking up our crosses means transformation. Transformation, being transformed from what we used to be into what God has made us to be. Being transformed from people of despair to people of joy. Being transformed from people of pessimism to people of hope. Being transformed from people of hopelessness to people of hope. That is where God is leading us. That is where every encounter with God we have leads us to the promise he gives us that he is always with us, which in turn gives us peace, which in turn gives us hope. St. Paul then says in Romans 5.5, 5, hope does not disappoint us. Now, as I said last week, 
This does not mean that following Jesus means that all of our problems and all of our, and all of our struggles cease. This does not mean that we no longer face any kind of trouble. Just the opposite. We still have troubles. We still have struggles. We still have doubts. We still have moments of despair. We still wonder, is it even worth going on? Is it even worth continuing? Is God even still really with me? But when God encounters us and turns things around for us, we know that the answer is yes. There is a reason to keep going. There is a reason to keep following God. There is a reason. There, there is even a reason to embrace what we are going through and to let it change us, to let it transform us, because God is bringing us to where we need to be. St. Paul says in Romans, in Romans 5.3, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Meaning that in every moment of struggle, in every moment of trouble, our first instinct becomes to ask God for help, to rely on him for guidance, to believe that he is bringing us safely through whatever we are going through. And that is what gives us hope. Now, hope is not some vague sort of wish. Hope is not some sort of vague sort of wondering or, 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 va or vaguely wondering if everything is going to happen. Hope is not even something that is completely... That, that, is complete, that is a completely naive kind of wish. But instead, hope is something that is firmly grounded in knowing and believing that God is always with us. Hope is firmly grounded in believing that God gives us peace because he is always with us. Hope is firmly grounded in believing that God fulfills all his promises and that he is always with us, never leaving us, watching over us wherever we go and bringing us exactly to where we need to be. Following Jesus also means, just as he did, that we follow Jesus through life's sufferings, that we follow Jesus even to death, that we follow Jesus through everything, all the pain that happens to us in this life. But it also means believing that no matter what we are going through, Jesus is leading us exactly to where we need to be. Jesus followed his own path exactly to where he needed to be, suffering dying, but then rising again in victory. And if we continue to follow Jesus, that is where we are being led to as well. Going through the sufferings of this life, ultimately dying, but then rising again in victory to live with Jesus forever. So let us then, since God has come to us, since we have encountered him, 
Let us believe in his promises. Let us, by his power, by his own power alone, choose to follow him, choose to follow the opportunity he gives us for change, for a new direction, for a new hope, for peace. No matter what it takes, even if it involves more suffering and more pain, let us continue to be transformed, to be transformed in hope, hope that comes from knowing and believing that God is always with us, that he never leaves us, that he fulfills his promises to us, and that this hope never, ever disappoints us. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And now let us stand. And together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please feel free to place your offerings in either one of the plates at the back of the sanctuary. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. Relying on the promises of God, we pray boldly for the church, the world, and all in need. You have given your church the joy, the joy of proclaiming the truth that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us so that we might be justified by his blood. Help us to confess it in word and deed in our daily lives. Lord, in your mercy. Since all kingship belongs to you and you rule over, over the nations, we pray that you would bless all those who govern all the nations of the world, that all people may be ruled wisely and in accord with your will. Lord, in your mercy. Your gift of grace is for all people. Give confident faith to all the baptized that they may follow you wholeheartedly. Give new believers joy in your promises. Give hope and courage to those who suffer for their faith. Lord, in your mercy. In Jesus, you joined humanity in suffering and death. Reveal to all the depth of your love shown on the cross. Accompany all who suffer in body, mind, and spirit. Restore all who are sick or grieving especially all those whom we name silently in our hearts.
Lord, in your mercy. We await the day of Christ's coming in glory. Lead us by the example of all the saints whom you have called to take up their cross and follow you, that together we may find our lives in you. And today, we give you thanks for the life and resurrection to eternal life of Robin Howard. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be to God. Please be seated until dismissed. To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and always. Thank you.